Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we're talking about 1990s Days of Thunder. With Joe. Did someone talk to me? When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. I can't see him, but he talks to me. And introducing Troy. You ain't buried in horse manure after all. Looking pretty good. You're the ones looking good. Oh, hadn't been easy, Harry. I'll guarantee you. Welcome to the Movie Playground. Joining me is a very special guest. This is a teacher who works at Steve's school and a member of the Fantasy League, the Fantasy Football League, uh, new, sadly named New Asgard still. Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah. I believe you are the name of our trophy, the Chubby Johnson. Well, it, I think it changed, didn't it? It changed to the liver. We're calling it the, the Livermore, right? Livermore, yeah. I think it's changed <laughs> to that, but yes, it did. It did derive from my team name. Yes, the cold trickle trickle to my rowdy burns, Troy. Welcome to the show, brother. It's been a few years. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. This has kind of been like in the making for a while. Yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to kind of like I I listen to them all the time. Yeah, say that, and I'm like, damn, I would, I'd like to actually maybe try one of these one day. I thought that'd be kind of kind yeah, of fun. You can do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, at Troy and, and for those that don't know, Troy and I have only met one time in person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was when I came down to visit Steve, actually, and uh, he was having a party with all you guys on the last day of school. And I met you there and I met some of the other guys that are in the league, uh, Mr. Integrity, uh, DeShazzo, yeah. Uh, yeah. which <laughs> I still maintain. If you have to remind people, you don't have it then. It's like being the GOAT. Uh, <laughs> LeBron has to say he's the GOAT. Michael Jordan never had to say it. Exactly. <laughs> but this week you have nominated Days of Thunder for the sports movie Pantheon. And that movie Pantheon has, it's seven films only. It's like a Mount Rushmore, if you will. And in this case, we've only got five movies in there. Number one is Hoosiers. Number two is Miracle. Number three is Moneyball. Number four is Bull Durham. And that's where the A's end. And then we got Slapshot at number five with a C minus right now. Ouch, ouch on that one. Yeah, I well, don't know about Slapshot. Are you a fan of Slapshot? I've seen it one time and one time only. Yeah, it's a, uh, look, for me, as someone who's not offended very easily, I love the movie. However, this movie, there's no way in hell it could be made today. I <laughs> know, no way. Yeah, so that's why that's why that grade dipped a little bit. I was like, yeah, it's gonna hurt to do this, but yeah, th th there's a Nazi rooting them on getting on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, but I'm not gonna change any of my grades in here. And Troy, if you do a couple more shows, you can add your grades into this and alter scores. Sounds good to me. Yes. But now that we've had that business, let's get down to business. This week we are talking about 1990s Days of Thunder, a movie I never thought we would be doing. A movie made for about $60 million, which is 139.6 today, that brought in 157.6 million, which is over $360 million today. Got to love inflation. Oh, uh, shit, right? Written by Robert Town, directed by Tony Scott, and music by Hans Zimmer. I didn't know Hans Zimmer was doing this movie. Hans. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it opened on June 29th in 1990. It was the only movie that opened up next to Ghost Dad. Are you familiar with Bill Cosby's Ghost Dad? I am not, actually. <laughs> I, 
It's exactly don't how know. it sounds. Yeah, I don't even think I've ever heard of that movie. Yes. It knocked off Dick Tracy from the top spot. Really? It did. Dick Tracy was in the theater for one week, and Days of Thunder came in, made $15 million in its opening weekend, knocking Dick down to second place. Dick Tracy, that's a movie. Holy moly. Other movies that were out, RoboCop 2, Total Recall, Another 48 Hours, and Gremlins 2. All right. Yeah. Down at number 10, and its seventh week was Back to the Future Part 3. Perfect. I well, loved that, it. That's probably one of my favorite, the, my most favorite Back to the Future, to the, be honest with you. The Western? Yeah. Oh, you're speaking to my heart now. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I love it. I don't know why. That's okay. Oh. Yeah. I, you love what you love around here. That's what it is. This movie was... <laughs> Days of Thunder was rated PG-13, and it's an hour and 47 minutes. Well, okay, so it's the, the first movie's 31 minutes. The rest of the movie is an hour and 46 minutes, or hour, hour 30, whatever it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is two movies in one. I, I thought it was. I, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, going through, reading, you know, doing all the comments and stuff on the, you know, I'm like, I, I just never really got that. I'm like, I... <laughs> I think I watch movies differently than you guys. We, <laughs> like you, you know, and I like I'm I'm watching the movie and I'm just watching the movie and then I'm reading your notes and I'm like, well, actually, yeah, he's kind of right. Mm, all right. Well, That's it's weird. funny because everybody's got their own way of putting the notes in. Like Steve will watch the movie once and then he'll put all of his notes in later on. Whereas mm. I'm stopping the movie every single time. I'm like, I got something to say. I'm gonna stop it right now and say this right here and put it yeah. in. That way, it gets all done in one shot. Uh, right. Uh, this movie stars uh, the great and powerful Tom Cruise as Cole Trickle, Robert Duvall as Harry Hogg, uh, Nicole Kidman as Dr. Claire Lewicki, Randy Quaid as Tim Dalen, Carrie Elwes as Russ Wheeler, Michael Rooker as Rowdy Burns, Fred Thompson as Big John, John C. Riley as Bucky Brotherton, and Don Simpson of Simpson and Bruckheimer, one of the producers of this movie, as Aldo Benedetti, who was patterned after Mario and Ready. All right. Producers got in on this one, but uh, I, yeah. I was thinking about this because having just watched Mission Impossible, uh, I can't think of a Tom Cruise movie I haven't enjoyed. I I'm right there with you because like all my favorite movies involve Tom Cruise. Right. Like Top Gun, that's just my all-time favorite movie. Mm -hmm. it, say say what you will, but Days of Thunder, love the movie. Right. Mission Impossibles, <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> Love them. I haven't seen the new one yet. I, I do. I do want to get out there and, and see the new one. But all, yeah. all the like, I don't know what it is about Tom Cruise. I like his movies. Just weird off screen. But hey, hey, Michael Jackson had a weird off life. Also, I love all his music. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, according to IMDb, this movie had several taglines. It was, you can't stop the thunder, you can't outrun the thunder, and cruise like thunder. Which one is your favorite? It's got to be cruise like thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, too. I was like, only he would yeah. put his name in the tagline itself. The tagline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least it would have been worse if it said trickle like thunder. Trickle like thunder, yeah. You, you, can't, you can't really do that, but... Uh, no. Okay. Uh, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think, Troy? I honestly don't remember my first time seeing this i i want to say it was around when i was like 10 to 12 yeah. maybe um i probably rented it from blockbuster showing my age there a little bit we're all there. Uh, yeah <laughs> uh but i've i've always just been a car guy my you know my dad we always just worked on cars growing up and yeah and just into nascar too okay um, so you are a fan of the sport I, 
I do like NASCAR. I'm, I've kind of gotten out of it a little bit, you know, right now, but yeah. uh, these days, but I kind of grew up watching it. And, and it's just every time this movie's on, I'm glued to the screen. I just, I want to watch it. So, so when uh, Cole Trickle says you should watch it on ESPN, the footage is fantastic. You're like, of course it is. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that kind of, that's kind of funny when he said it, you know, it's like. <laughs> it's not a basis for driving a car, kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've watched a lot of movies. That shouldn't mean I should be directing any. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I personally don't remember seeing this for the first time. It's always been some, cause I know, cause I, I was like 11 years old at the time. It started, it was just in my DNA after a while that it was there. Whenever it was on TV, we watched it. I know I've seen it a dozen times. When you said Days of Thunder, I pictured everything from that first 30 minutes. I knew everything back, like as it's right. playing, I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, yep. I know this beat right here. Rubin's racing, you know, get all that. Uh, but uh, when if it came down to it and somebody says, well, what do you want to watch? Top Gun or Days of Thunder is always, well, Top Gun. Gun, this yeah. is always like number two. And I think because it was number two behind it and it had so many similarities, people kind of discarded this movie as, eh, it's not that great. It's not that great, yeah. But it's fucking entertaining. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. Uh, well, time for our segment, Inception to Perception, where I dig shallowly into the internet to find out how the hell this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. Principal photography took place in early 1990 in and around Charlotte and Daytona Beach. It was plagued with delays due to a frequent arguments on set between Simpson and Bruckheimer, Scott, and sometimes Town over how to set up a shot, which all the shots in this look amazing. If, if they do. Yeah, like I love all the shot, like the shots of the the speedway and and just everything. It, it, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I I and I, we're gonna get into it later on, but I especially like the way that they. I know that they patterned the montage at the beginning off of Top Gun's montage, but yeah, there's something about seeing it from that dusk to dawn element and seeing how it all comes together. As someone who does not pay attention to NASCAR and does not. Did, well, didn't used to appreciate NASCAR. You watch that, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, there's a lot that goes into this. I'm in. Yeah, right, right. Uh, crew members sat idle for long hours. Some later said they had accumulated enough overtime pay to go on vacation for a full four months after filming was completed. No, nice. <laughs> the completion date was pushed back many times with filming being completed in early May, three months later than it had originally been scheduled. At one point following the third revision of the shooting schedule in a single day, the unit production manager who represents the studio on the center location confronted Simpson and Bruckheimer and was told bluntly that the schedule no longer mattered. <laughs> <laughs> Producers don't say that. They must've yeah. seen lightning in a bottle with this one. Right. Uh, in Daytona, Simpsona, Simpsona, Simpson and Bruckheimer spent $400,000 to have a vacant storefront in their hotel converted into their private gym with a large neon sign reading Days of Thunder. Simpson, oh, yeah, the producers, I tell you what. Simpson yeah. also kept a closet full of Donna Karen dresses to offer the attractive women his assistants found on the beach. What? Hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Was there a casting couch? Uh, <laughs> and held private parties with friends like rapper Tone Loke. Tone Loke. Do you All remember right. Tone Loke? I do remember Tone Loke. Name his two most favorite songs. Oh, hell. Not, 
put me on the spot now. I'll give you one. Funky Cole Medina. Funky Cole Medina. There it is. Okay. And he did yeah. Wild Thing. Oh, I remember. Okay. I remember that from freaking Ace Ventura. Okay. I remember from Uncle Buck. Okay. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> well, wasn't Tone Loke in Ace Ventura? Tone Loke was in Ace Ventura. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. That's who his ass talks to in the middle of the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Town also played a role in the film's increasing cost by scrapping more barn scenes when he didn't like either of two barns built to his specifications. The film's original budget of $35 million doubled. doubled at, that, yeah. <laughs> at that level, it would have had to make at least $100 million, a very rare gross at that time, especially for a NASCAR movie. Uh, in yeah. addition, when Tom Cruise lost the Oscar for Born on the Fourth of July, which he was robbed on, some yeah. additional budget was cut. Yeah, they were like, well, you're not an Oscar winner. We're going to cut some of your budget. Yeah, really, really, yeah you, you, you're no good. Yeah, what a dick move. Despite right. this, it's Tom fucking Cruise. Change his own. Despite the budget overruns and delays, reportedly it was only after shooting was finished that the filmmakers discovered they had neglected to film Cole Trickle's car crossing the finish line at Daytona. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You film everything and you forgot the final film. You forgot to film, forgot to film the, the car going over the finish line, really? $9 million of the film's budget plus gross percentage went to star Tom Cruise, uh, which is, I'm sure he made a lot of bank when it's the gross percentage part, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the <laughs> Writer's strike. Okay, with the delay in completion of filming and no delay in release date, post-production had to be completed in five weeks rather than five months. It would normally take for such a film. So they rushed this thing. They rushed it. Yeah, they rushed through this song. Yeah. And that was after getting the additional three months out of it. Holy shit. Yeah. And to be fair, when it comes to the editing of this movie, the racing scenes are edited so well. They are. Yeah. Actually, yeah, they, they are. Um, it's it's amazing. They must have had a, an army working on this thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, time to get into the synopsis of this movie. Let's get busy. So, how come you don't stick to open wheels? Lost my ride. After two championships and seven straight wins, you were fired. I lost my ride. Doesn't matter, I'd have quit regardless. Why is that? Wasn't going anywhere. Well, where do you want to go? Indianapolis. But you can't win in Indy without a great car. My name's not Andretti or Unser. On the other hand, stock cars are stock cars, pretty much the same. Hey, there's nothing stock about a stock car. Look, I'm not trying to insult you. All I'm saying is stock cars are built to run equal. Isn't that right? So the rule books say. So I don't have to worry about getting beat by another car. In other words, all you have to worry about is getting beat by other drivers. Yeah. You build me a car and I'll win Daytona next year. The movie opens at dawn of a NASCAR race, the Daytona 500, with a montage of everything happening to prepare for the race. Rowdy Burns is the favorite to win, and true to his nickname, does so, because he's rowdy. Uh, yep. I, I, I do like the fact that it opens the same way as Top Gun. It eases you into the idea of everything. For a non-NASCAR fan, this works for me. Yeah, I every time I watch this movie, I just, it's just hairs up on my arms. They're right, they're right, right now, they are. <laughs> You're ready for it now? <laughs> right now, they're, they're up. I, I just love the opening of this movie. <laughs> uh, the music, the, you know, start of Top Gun, you know, yeah. is amazing balls, obviously, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't know why. I love I love the intro to this movie. The Just music is fantastic in this too. Yeah. Uh I I had no idea it was Hans Zimmer until midway through and I was like, who composed this? And I was like, this is Hans Zimmer? Where's the wah sound that we're used to yeah, seeing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, while the Daytona 500 is going on, Chevrolet dealership tycoon Tim Dalen tries to recruit former crew chief and car builder Harry Hogg to come out of retirement and build a car for his new racer. Now, I did not know this at the time, but he was a Chevy dealership tycoon, which... Was he really? That That's his role in this. And I'm like, okay, because if he's a tycoon, I'm imagining he's got a, a lot of money to just throw around. But there's yeah. times where he's like, we got no money, we got no sponsor. It's like... Did he have, like, one dealership or something? <laughs> Wouldn't make much of a tycoon. <laughs> yeah, right. um, early in the morning at the racetrack, Rowdy Burns allows Tim's new driver, Cole Trickle, what a name, to do a test uh, lap. <laughs> it's such a NASCAR name. It is. It is. <laughs> Cole shows up on a motorcycle hailing from Eagle Rock, California, and has years of experience in open-wheel racing, winning championships with the World of Outlaws. Originally setting his sights on the Indianapolis 500, Cole realizes that, quote, to win an Indy, I need a great car, but stock cars are all the same, end quote. That's why they're called stock. Harry uh, Hogg. Yeah, stock. Oh, yeah, hello. <laughs> Chevrolet dealership tycoon Tim Dalen recruits him to race for his team in the NASCAR Cup Series, bringing former crew chief and car builder Harry Hogg out of retirement to lead Cole's pit crew. Harry had left NASCAR a year prior to avoid investigation involving the death of driver Buddy Bretherton. After Cole sets a fast time in a private test at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Hogg builds him a new Chevy Lumina. Lumina. <laughs> I, I know. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, Really? <laughs> That's like when they were racing Toyota Corollas out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do. I, you know, watch this. I still can't believe how young Michael Rooker was. But even so, he looks like he's in his 40s. Dude, I, right? I, I watch this now, and all I can think of is character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. That's like, all I think of Michael Rooker as. I hear his voice, and I'm like, yeah, eh, it's Yondu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm sure this is a faux pas. You don't show up to a NASCAR race on a motorcycle. I mean, it's, it is kind of badass. I mean, it, you, you just roll up there, just boom on your hog, Harry hog, hog, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it, like really with the trench coat. <laughs> He's Tom Fury. He's, yeah. Like, I mean, okay, it's kind of cold. I, it looks kind of cold, but come on, man. Like you're, you, you could get that shit caught in your wheel and shit. You know, a big fucking trench coat on, what are you doing? As I'm watching this and you see he's going to get the great time, I've started, I created a, a, a term to counter the Mary Sue argument, uh, okay. the male version of a Mary Sue, which is a Maury Sue, which Maury is, Sue, they're yeah. just naturally great at everything. <laughs> it's Tom Cruise. I mean. Right, right. Shows up on a motorcycle though and, and he has the fastest time. It's like, okay. Where's his weakness here? We need one. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I love it when, when I think you touched on it earlier, when, when Harry asked him, you know, if he's ever driven NASCAR, his response, you know, basically is like, yeah, I watch it on TV. ESPN has great coverage. Yeah, that seems, seems pretty legit. That doesn't track. <laughs> yeah. I love like, Top what? Gun. Don't put me in an F-14, though. Don't put me in an F-14. Yeah, I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, say what you will about Tom Cruise. The dude is watchable in nearly everything that he does. Yeah. I, I, I Again, I like... It, touched on it before mm. but it's tom cruise like I, all my favorite movies for some reason have him in it i don't get it yeah and we we mentioned earlier the 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 racing shots in this tony scott who directed tom Cru top gun he used a lot of the same tricks he used in top gun here which is you know take taking the shot ahead of the the frame and pulling it right this to make it look even faster faster right right it's like those shots are are pretty sweet but can you just imagine like i don't i've never been on a movie set obviously but you imagine doing those i don't know how did they shoot those scenes do you think like they they freaking strapped the camera right to the front of the car or something 
Uh, well, <laughs> there's so many different types that they have on this. The ones that are you see straight straight driving through yeah. the window, those are usually hung in a contraption on the inside of it. And gotcha. more times than not today, they will speed up the film to make it look as though they're going fast because they can't do it uh, I gotcha. for insurance reasons. That, but that this is before sense. we gave a shit about that stuff. So right, right. It, it's well, Tom yeah, Cruise. Today, you just freaking stick a GoPro right inside the car and you're good. I mean, I can't, I'm only, I'm picturing these big giant freaking movie cameras right. you know, being strapped to the car. No, <laughs> I, there's funny. some pretty massive rigs that go into those and even had them hanging outside the, the windows. Uh, right. at times but uh the ones that are side to side those ones i know for a fact those ones tend to be a slowed down footage sped up okay that makes sense now yeah and we there's actually a moment in this where you see that that trick you see, you see behind the curtain of it and that's when they're racing their cars to dinner okay and you see cars in the background barely moving moving okay <laughs> Makes it makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Rowdy gets out of his car, kind of gives him some grief. And I'm like, oh, Iceman's really giving Maverick a rough time here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah, nice you, to Cole, would you? <laughs> right. Yeah. You've been this bitch at least one bit. I'm going to tear your balls off. Yeah. I'd say he's been pretty little, little <laughs> real rough for them. I can imagine, though, they're pretty protective of their cars. I, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, if I was if I was Rowdy and some California boy just, you know, showed up and wanted to drive my race car, I'd probably be a little dick, too. Yeah, and I, I see what you wrote after this. I went, okay, so what is Cole's weakness in this movie? What is his character arc? Is it that he's overconfident and he'll learn to be humble and trust his wingman and Harry? I'm starting to see the comparisons to Top Gun now. Yeah, stop with the Top Gun references or comparisons. <laughs> but am I right? You are kind of right. <laughs> sure. And I put this in there earlier, but I didn't realize they don't get mellow yellow sponsored until the very end of the movie. I, you know, like I saw that and I like kind of was like realizing too that it's the end of the movie, but I did, I thought, I don't know, just thought the mellow yellow car was like his car, but yeah. And it's not even his car, it's Rowdy's car. And, and not only that, when he does get his car, it's that green and yellow tint that Harry builds for him, but it's not mellow yellow. They're still looking for a sponsor. And by the end of that 31st minute, they're like, we got a sponsor. It's like, oh, this is where mellow yellow comes in. No, it's like Pennzoil. <laughs> yeah. uh, but mellow yellow must've made a fortune on this movie just off of the final 15 minutes of this, this film. Yeah, like I, I kind of was reading a little bit about it and it kind of put mellow yellow right up there, like on the map. I think they were trying to, um, Mountain Dew was like the the top, you know, soda. Yeah, it and, was like their top yellow drink. <laughs> yeah, the yellow drink, right. And they, you know, Mellow Yellow wanted to compete with Mountain Dew, so they threw it in this movie, and I think it just just shot their, you know, sales up a ton. Uh, Cole makes his first start at Phoenix, where he has difficulty adjusting to the larger NASCAR stock cars and communicating with his crew while being intimidated on the track by Winston Cup champion and dirty driver, Rowdy Burns. These obstacles, combined with crashes and blown engines, prevent Cole from finishing the next three races at Bristol, Dover, and Rockingham. I love the music in this scene. Give me some love. It's a great theme for this. Yeah. Great uh, song. I I just every time I hear this song, my my school back in high school, my marching band played this song during during like the halftime show. Yeah, and I just it's it's a jam, dude. Even when a marching band plays it. What'd you What'd you play in high school? I didn't play anything in the band. I was up in the stands watching it. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
I think like, yeah, when I was in the marching band, we did this one. No, 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 no. I was I wasn't in the marching band. We just all you know Friday night football games. That's what you did. You know, you go watch. You know, go to a football game Friday night and then go to Pizza Hut afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> and we probably have the most famous lines of this movie right here where cole says or here's a cole you're wandering all over the track and cole yeah goes, yeah well the son of a bitch just slammed into me and harry says no no he didn't slam you he didn't bump you he didn't nudge you he rubbed you and rubbing son is racing everybody it, knows that line <laughs> yeah it's and it's like such a quotable movie too i mean i i, I quote shit all the time from this movie but i have to ask you as a nascar person is this a real thing is rubbing racing well, I'm going to I'm going to touch on that a little bit. Oh, OK, later. OK. I'm going to touch on that one a little bit. I always question when they throw in fancy language that's easy to remember in a movie when it's something that I'm not familiar with. Because Are they simplifying something for me, the average audience viewer, or is this an actual deal? Right, right, right. Uh, and then <laughs> I love this exchange also where Harry's like, you know, hit the, hit the pace car, hit the pace car because you hit every other goddamn thing out there. I want it to be perfect. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I it gets me every time every time i watch this movie i just crack up at that scene yeah and just like the montage is great the fact that they're eating ice cream at one point <laughs> not, perfect not giving a shit anymore nope, not like, at all there can you I, I, can you imagine like that happening right now in a, in a nascar race oh hell, i couldn't imagine it happening then in a nascar race yeah it's like i'm eating ice cream you're what what are you doing? <laughs> eating ice cream do you not care yeah <laughs> I, I will say this, and I'll touch on this later on. I feel like this montage should have been expanded to, yeah. instead of being four or five, three, three different races in one montage, each race is its own montage. Own montage, yeah. Because yeah. you have to see the frustration build more than just the length of Give Me Some Lovin'. Perfect, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Cole confesses to Harry that he does not understand any common NASCAR terminology, <laughs> leading Harry to put him through rigorous trailing, training. Now, this is interesting because it's not expressed in that statement, but there is a meeting where Dalen sits down with both Cole and Harry in some garage, and he's like, <laughs> he's, we end up looking like a monkey fucking a football out there. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, it's his money that's being spent, and they're eating ice cream on the track. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like the blow up between Trickle and Hog. Duvall yeah. and Cruz, I like their chemistry. I think they're really, really good together. Um, the story is deviated enough from Top Gun at this point. It's a lazy comparison to compare it to Top Gun. Yeah. It starts yeah. off very much the same, but it deviates enough for it to be its own animal. And I think people lose track of that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that, yeah. That being said, we'll bring up some comparisons later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what up here? We're bordering on the absurd here that Cole's been racing for so long but can't tell you anything about the car he's driving. Yeah, come on, man. Like, dude. What the hell makes him such a good goddamn race car driver then? Yeah, you got to know something. I mean, you've been driving, like, I don't know. <sighs> it's fast <laughs> enough. Your whole racing, like, you've obviously been racing long you know like there's guys in nascar now that they, they start racing go-karts okay you know, and and they race go-karts for a while then they get up into like you know some dirt track stuff and then they you know get up in the dirt you know they go through the dirt track and then they they get up to the you know next level it's like you know baseball or minor a you know yeah. single a, double a triple a right you mean to tell me you've been racing for this long you don't know anything about 
terminology of, of racing. Come on, dude. Especially considering he was doing open wheel racing where when he talks about things like, is it running loose? Is it running tight? These are things that an open wheel racer would definitely know. Well, yeah, like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> do some research, something. Don't get technical with me. <laughs> uh, I, I like the 50 laps your way, 50 laps my way bit. Uh, this is cool because I like seeing that the older guy is reaching out the branch to help out the younger guy. The new guy, yeah. Instead of having the younger guy try to fix the older guy, because we see more of that now. That now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I this like, I wish you just explained it a little bit more too, though. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, even it should have been a longer teaching montage. Yeah, a little bit. Like, why? Like, what's he doing that's different than you know what you how you know how the how the, the whole tire thing? Yeah. Like, but what's he doing? Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit more? That I wish they would have just touched on that a little bit more. I also think it would have benefited this scene also to show, like, there are certain things about Cole's driving ability that you can't just adapt to, mm -hmm. or, or that, that, that he can't adapt to what Harry wants. And Harry has to take some of the things he remembers and be like, how do I make this work? Because he's always yanking the wheel left rather than right on occasion. How do I yeah. change the way that I coach that? Right. Uh, that way they both learn something from each exactly. other as opposed to it's right. It's, it's just cold learning uh, yeah, to respect. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, this pays off at Darlington when Cole uses a slingshot maneuver from the outside to overtake Rowdy and win his first race. Uh, how often in NASCAR do they pass on the outside? Um, Frequently. Okay. I wasn't sure. I always saw it as a, it's a longer length, so it must take longer. Yeah. No, they, they, they frequently, but again, they don't, purposely put the guy into a wall either that that's what i was wondering also is like is this just foul play at this point yeah you, you don't just like if somebody's passing on the outside it, well for one you're, you're not purposely putting him into the wall because a that's it's going to hurt your car right too and b it's i mean it could pretend you're going 200 freaking miles an hour you're going to probably crash absolutely it's, purposely yeah. putting somebody into a wall. Like I imagine suspensions would be dealt out if stuff like that was happening on the regular. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the whole cars would have to be replaced freaking halfway through the race. That being said, <laughs> I don't blame Cole for the first part of this because he, he goes to the pit crew and they just, they, they look like they have never seen tools before. Just, yeah. just the wheels not on. It, they can't get anything working. I'm like, God, they screwed his ass. What the hell? Yeah. He's learned all this and now it's their fault. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like I get what you're like. I, I see now that now I'm like hearing you say it. I, I see that I, you know, I can, I can, I can understand that a little bit more, but like, I was kind of confused. Like, when he was late going back, like is this this is the part where he's late getting back out on the on the track, right? Yeah, yeah. I I coming in first and I'm leaving in third. Third, yeah. Like, well, does like the pit crew have like communication themselves, or is it just the crew chief crew chief and the driver? It's the crew chief and the driver, but when he pulls in everything's working until they get to the one of the wheels and they can't get the wheel on proper. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, oh, the whole air gun jamming. Yes. 
Yeah, and I was like, God, you know, maybe it's the ice cream. Maybe that's the issue. (laughs) Jesus Christ, maybe you have some sticky fingers. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Uh, During the race, why is Cole trash-talking to Rowdy? He can't hear him. Can't hear you. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I call that, whenever I see this stuff in sports, like uh, when it's happening – when you see a basketball movie and somebody's talking trash on the sideline to somebody on the court and you're like, dude, they can't hear you. This is, this is They're, pop sports. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> remember me? <laughs> yeah. Remember me? Is that, is that what you were talking about right there? Right. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, dude, you, yeah. He's not going to be able to hear you, bro. No, like, you no. Can, Even so. He probably can't even see you through the rear view mirror. Right. With the vibration happening in that car. He's going 200 miles an hour. Yeah, you're not you're not seeing you. He's a shadow. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Now, the ending of this race, I think it feels like the ending to a movie based on what I've watched so far. Like, it started off in one place. We got ourselves a sponsor. It's like, okay, this, this is where I, we were going for. This is what I like to see. It's a big celebration, but we're only 31 minutes in. <laughs> and I'm like, if you stop the movie here, you have a really good arc for these two characters that has actually been completed. Yeah. Does this movie yeah. have too many peaks? And well, I don't know, like, what would be another peak? Then, well, when they win Daytona. Oh, okay, so just two? Well, there's that one. There is uh, when he survives the crash. Oh, all right, see, yeah, like, I, like I'm in, I'm enjoying this because now like I'm getting the perspective of so you know like you again I said earlier you watch movies differently than me yeah you know and, and like now now. now now that I now that you're saying that I'm like oh okay yeah that it but that would be kind of another peak maybe hmm. yeah it's it, almost it, I look I look at a movie almost like a book and that yeah. where would the chapter end where would the next chapter start uh, oh yeah 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 I got you yeah okay. and uh, normally I have a problem when I when I have a movie and I can divide it up into specific chapters because that tells yep. me that. They worked on this first third here for over a course of two months, and then they took a break. Took a break, yeah. Now let's work on this next part. And I think when they started making this movie, they probably had the first 30 minutes of this as part of their story going, this is what we want to tell. We want to tell the story of these two people who are very different from different ages, different eras, and they're going to come together in the end. And then they were like, that's great. We need more than that. Okay, yeah. well, we'll borrow a love story from yeah. Top Gun. Gun, uh, yeah. And, uh, hey, remember when Goose died? We'll do kind of the same thing also here. We can fit that in, right? Rowdy can't race anymore. He can't race anymore. Dude, you're <laughs> like, this is so weird. <laughs> uh, in fact, like the love scene that they have is literally taken straight from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freaking ruining this movie for me now, Joe. To be fair, I'm not yeah. complaining about this because I love Top yeah. Gun. <laughs> I, yeah, but it's like you're watching Top Gun and then you're watching this and like, oh, fuck, this is the same movie. Well, okay, realistically, can we agree every sports movie is the same movie? Well, yeah, I guess so. The hero has to be an underdog. Yeah. And they have to overcome something that they could never overcome before. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, yeah. So Making me feel a little better now. Yeah, sports movies all follow the same path. Uh, <laughs> on the bus, Cole, Harry, and the rest of the pit crew are having drinks and talking about their backstories because they forgot to do that in the first 30 minutes. Cole reveals how he lost his ride previously because of shoddy ownership, his father thus leading to his troubling, trouble-trusting authority. We also learn about Bucky Bretherton's father dying on the track, but don't worry, John C. Rallogate has come up at some Talladega Nights, to which Harry explains he probably had a heart attack before the crash. Almost immediately, the cops pull him over, only to be revealed that Cole's been tricked with an adult entertainer dressed as a cop. And she is hot. (laughs) But I did not realize this, but that's Roxy from Basic Instinct. Have you seen Basic Instinct? I have seen that movie one time, and I... Roxy, so no okay, Roxy was Sharon Stone's live-in girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, God, who is that? And because I looked it up on my phone as I'm watching, I'm like, yeah. God, that name's familiar. Uh, and I look at her on people, like, that's Roxy, son of a bitch. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's only one yeah. year removed. I think it was one year removed. Uh, oh, oh, I oh, yeah. I think, I think it was 91 or 92, I think. It is, is kind of old, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole concealed weapon thing really come on like it's so overplayed it is i mean it's like come on dude like couldn't have thought of anything else right but. right it was an it was an it was low-hanging fruit as they would call it yeah the danglers <laughs> right um and okay again i like i'm mm-hmm. i am a, i am a nascar fan right? yes. i like nascar but there are some things i don't know but like did whole race teams travel in the haulers like that? I thought the hauler was where the car went. Our, the car is in the hauler, right? Yeah. But like, I don't see like Dale Earnhardt and freaking Jeff Gordon riding in their haulers like these guys are. They would usually rent like a big ass RV. RV, fly, yeah, like to the next race, and their their hauler will just meet them there. I mean, we see those parked across my street here at the Target all the time. We see NASCAR RVs parked over there as they're going on their on their way to Kentucky Speedway or something like that. Right, right. I just the whole the whole them being inside the hauler was kind of confusing to me. Yeah, it was like a dorm room. Yeah, and <laughs> and you see all the pictures hanging up in there. Right, like there's. I did notice. I, I kind of watched this a little differently this yeah. time, and I noticed like pictures of. Coles of the car, like in 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 a few of the picture frames. Okay, like, like you you just took those and had it. Did you take them down to the Walgreens and get them developed and just hanging them up in the in the trailer now? Well, that's that, God. I didn't even think about that. Thank you for bringing that because I was now I'm going, how, like <laughs> yeah, like what the hell's going on here? I think but, we got. I think we got ourselves a plot hole. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was yeah. a year or two we missed out in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. They have a lot of memories over just one race. One race. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> really? It's like, okay, but. The rivalry between Cole and Rowdy intensifies throughout the season until the Firecracker 400 at Daytona. What a great name. Where both great. drivers are seriously injured after being caught in a massive crash. And I know we've said this before, but again, that was a dick move by Rowdy. Dick move, Rowdy. Come on, man. <laughs> but I don't think it would happen to this degree in an actual race. No. No, that it, it definitely, definitely was a dick move, but I just don't, I don't see that stuff happening. Yeah. I mean, how like it, in the night, like it, it's just, I think it's just for the movie, maybe. I, I don't think know. It like, is. You know, like they, I just don't see that happening in in real racing. No, no, and it, it, but it's also so close, and 
I'm also thinking of it this way, like this film is filmed with the cars kind of being static on the track and the track is moving fast. So yeah. it's you're able to see things much closer and in a much longer degree than you would normally see on a NASCAR race. Yeah. So what may happen is a split second. We see in this movie as a good two and a half seconds of damage. True, yeah. The crash, by the way, <laughs> when they when they pull away from it, it looks crazy as hell. They're like, oh, we got a track. Oh, we got we got a crash on a uh, turn two. I'm like, that's not a crash. That's a fucking pileup. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I think it's just like it, it is for like a driver. It's just like one of them. Oh, well, fuck it. Let's go. Let's just hit the pedal and let's see what happens. And I yeah, and I gotta give Tony Scott a lot of credit here because when he's approaching it, the the uh, the crash, you see just the fog. It's one thing. When yeah. he goes into the fog, it's straight white snow smoke. Snow smoke. Yeah, it's like <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Yeah. But like, what got me? Like, can we just like, okay? Go Rowdy's car was just stopped on the track. Like when he come when Cole's car comes through the that white freaking snow smoke yeah his car looked like it was just stopped on the track so like you're you're doing 200 well again i guess this goes back to the whole you know they're probably not going that fast but yeah. you're doing 200 miles an hour and you're going through smoke and you you, you kind of spin out a little bit you're not just sitting there it looked like it was right after the crash and i think what it was is they took what would have lasted about a split second and spread it across seven seconds because yeah. when he goes in that smoke there is about, about, I want to say 11 or 12 cuts of vision where they show him, they show him looking this way. You see the yeah. cars look this way and the ADD kind of kicks in for the driver Yeah. and they're paying attention to everything. And what one of the cuts is, is you see Rowdy's car go in and then it he turns and yeah. gets slammed sideways. His car goes down and then it goes in reverse up. And as it's going in reverse, when when his car is backing up, that's yeah. when Cole hits him straight uh, on. Okay, so he's probably okay. Yeah, he's probably just trying to correct himself a little bit and then get back on the on the track. Okay. Probably had no idea where he was. No you know where he was. Okay, yeah. It, it, it was yeah. It he pulled the ejector seat <laughs> and fucking hit the top. <laughs> that's great. Uh, and I put here. This is what happens right before drivers retire. Uh, oh yeah, it's you, the you worst into, thing that can happen to a super confident athlete. Oh, you, you get into the, a crash like that, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm I'm not racing anymore. I'll be honest. With you, the first time beyond this movie that I ever heard about NASCAR was when uh, Dale Earnhardt passed away. Passed away, yeah, yeah. And that I was, was I watched that race. You did? I was, okay. I was watching that race live. Okay. And it didn't even look like he hit the wall hard. Now, I've seen guys hit the wall harder than that. When was that? Was do you remember what year that was? Oh hell! Was that in the late nineties? No, no, that was. Uh, let's see, gotta be like. Was it the two thousands? It was, I think. Okay. I. Uh, yeah, two thousand one. Okay, because I remember one of the things that came out of that was that you're right. He didn't hit the wall hard, yeah. but they're saying that something may have happened inside. I think it was, you know, the Hans device that they use. It's called a Hans device. Okay. It's that it's that it clips to your helmet and then clips to the seatbelt. Oh harness, yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that actually was invented after this because his neck, when he hit the wall, it was like almost like, like intensive whiplash. I think. 
Okay. I was wondering because as I was watching this and they mentioned Bucky Brotherton's story of his father and how Harry's like, you know, oh, he died before he even hit that crash. And I'm like, okay, I wonder how many parallels there were to what happened with Dale. Yeah. No, I, I think in Dale's crash, he hit the wall just, just right. Mm -hmm. And just had, you know, his neck just basically kind of snapped i guess i guess if you want to call it that yeah it's the the freak it's the freak accident yeah it's all it was and i like sitting there watching the race and even like some buddies of mine were like he didn't hit the wall that hard what the hell happened well right and it's it's those things where it's like everybody kind of takes pause for a second about what occurred and mm -hmm. there are those that recognize it as a statistical anomaly Yep. and are kind of ready to just kind of let's okay let's keep on going here and there's those that want to sit on it for a while and the most recent example i can think of was the damar hamlin situation yeah you know people want to sit on that for weeks and whereas other were like Dude, when was the last time somebody died on a field we got it's okay to mourn but we got to move this thing along right 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 you know and that, that's how we end up with a three-way championship yeah <laughs> it is not a four-way. Sorry, Deshazo. Not, not a four-way. You opted out. <laughs> yeah. <Stir> integrity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cole wakes up recovering in a Daytona Beach hospital where he's under the care of Dr. Claire Lewicki. He finds that he's staying at the same hospital as Rowdy Burns, who also was injured in the crash. At a meeting with the NASCAR officials, Dr. Lewicki isn't willing to give them clearance to race again without a reevaluation of their head trauma. Uh, I do love the line in this movie, can someone talk to me? While I'm driving, I got a voice in my head. He's usually talking to me because I'm like, that's what he was so conditioned to know at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to, to hear that familiar voice that's always in his ear. Yeah. And it's also a representation of the growth that he's had with Harry at this point. He trusts yeah. Harry's voice over anything. 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 Uh, I do like what they did makeup wise to Tom Cruise. Did you notice this also? That he had blisters all over his face? Never noticed that until now when I was watching. Like, I, I reading your note, watching the movie, and I'm like, what? I paused it. I'm like, oh, sure. Shit. Yep. There they are. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Tom Cruise has better complexion than that. Something's yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never, never even like even thought to even look at that. So good, good catch there, Joe. Yeah. Speaking of catches, first thing Cole knows does when he meets Dr. Luigi. Hey, touch yeah. my balls. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. The yeah, look on like, Harry's face, like, where's this going? <laughs> Like them all, and then all of them cracking up behind them too. It's like I wouldn't play a joke on you at this time, like this cold, you know. <laughs> I'll just wait till we get cops involved and we get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, a less serious offense. <laughs> Transporting alcohol across state lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, the racing bit with the wheelchairs. I understand why they did it. Yeah, it's one of my one of my favorites. Is it really? I, it is. I, I like. I mean, there's just like a couple of kids. Yeah. They're competitive over everything. Yeah, this is this is where the critic and me kind trying, of... Yeah, even trying to get to a, a an appointment. <laughs> and <they're> in wheelchairs. <laughs> the critic and me has to turn his brain off for certain moments in a movie, and this is one of them where it's like, dude, the doctors can't stop them. Just hold on to the damn handle. Yeah. They've got the brakes in the back. Just put the brake. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, like you can't hang on to a wheelchair if somebody's trying to like go a little forward. Yeah. Like, you know. But you also need to see Maverick versus Iceman a couple more. Sorry, Rowdy uh, yeah, versus yeah. Cole. Yeah. That's, that rivalry is still there. there yep. And you know what? I, I'll stop my comparisons here with Rowdy and Iceman because we'll have a new Iceman in a second. His name is Russ Wheeler. Oh, don't even get me started on Russ Wheeler. <laughs> Russ Wheeler's a prick. Okay, that guy. <laughs> 
Uh, NASCAR president Big John brings Rowdy and Cole together in a meeting and warns them that he and his sport will no longer tolerate any misbehavior from the two rivals. Harry pulls Claire aside and begs her to give him reassurance since his confidence, although at the beginning was a weakness, is not recognized as one of his best character attributes. Uh, I did not re- like, I put this quote in here mm-hmm. um, before watching the scene. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, okay, I don't think he could give this same speech today. No. <laughs> when he he oh, refers no. to the Japanese as Japs. Yeah. Japs, yeah. <laughs> and to think, he was a senator. He was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he says in this, I understand the point of it, but the yep. Japanese inspection idea doesn't make any sense in this me- metaphor whatsoever. Because he's going to say, look, if you do it again, I'm going to black flag you. Well, they're going to do it three or four more times. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. No one gets black flagged in NASCAR in this movie. <laughs> no, they've mentioned it several times, but no one gets black flagged. Come yeah. On. Uh, yeah. The, the, these guys, and then he goes, "I want you guys to drive together." They both have concussions. They're not in condition to drive. <laughs> they were cleared, right? They were. They were cleared. I don't think Rowdy was cleared because Rowdy ain't doing well. Well, then Dr. Lewicki ain't doing her job. To be fair, Lewicki got her. She's clearly Australian. She didn't get that top-notch uh, yeah. university experience. University experience, yeah, I got it. Because of the two that gets the keys, it's Rowdy that gets the keys. I'm like, he's the one that's the problem. <laughs> he's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise is doing fine. He just jumped off of a cliff in Mission Impossible. He'll yeah. do fine in a car. Yeah, that's, that's good. But even better, they give him a car, and what do they do? They turn in the car and get two rentals and beat the living fuck out of them. <laughs> I mean, like, who who wouldn't want to get a rental car and just go beat the ever-living piss out of it on the beach? I mean, it looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. But I'm also like, going, what happened in this movie? We The first 30 minutes were glorious. What, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> having a little fun on the beach you know i mean and then and then i got i love it when they get to dinner they finally get there <laughs> or just smoking you know all just beat to ever loving hell and big john like asked them why they were late and they're like oh was it car trouble Cole? yeah yeah it was the radiator <laughs> yeah yeah it was yep. the radiator yeah, it was the radiator yeah it's, it's not the whole fucking car yeah they give just... that give that slick shit smile to rowdy yeah. and <laughs> yeah yeah it was the radiator right Cole? Right. And I'm sitting there going, wait a second. Does Cole know what the radiator is? Any other terminology on a car? Does, yeah, does he know the radiator, what, what the radiator does? Right. It would be great if they gave him both automatics and just been like, okay, go for it. Yeah, go. Yeah. Eventually, Cole develops a romantic relationship with Dr. Claire Lewicki because she needs a purpose, uh, a neurosurgeon at the local hospital. And I put her, do we need the side story with Claire? This just turned into a sports romance movie. I don't want to watch his recovery. I know. I want to watch his recovery. I want to watch him earn his confidence back in the track. Keep this NASCAR centered. Yes. I (laughs) never cared for the the whole romantic part of the movie, but it's a racing movie. Come on. Yeah. It's like, let him, like you're saying, it's, it needs, it needs to be NASCAR centered or racing centered. You know, it's like, get him back in the car. Let's go. Let's go. I, I was thinking of Major League when I watched this also because Major League is an awesome movie. Love but Major League. Every time they go to the catcher's side story, 
with his ex-wife. Oh, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Get back to baseball. Yeah, get, getting in the freaking golf cart at the end of the game you know, with the big fucking thing on the, on yes. the golf cart. Yeah. Tra- tracking her through Cleveland. Come on. <laughs> right. Uh, this doctor's office also, when she's doing the exam on Cole, it's so dimly lit. It's like, are you looking for ambience or are you trying to do something here? They did not pay the light bill. <laughs> I mean, windows aren't that, enough. <laughs> yeah, I've never been in an exam room where it's, it's like that damn dark. You know, it's like, it's usually eye blinding. But and here's the thing. And then I'm watching, I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's because he's got a concussion. They need a dim. And then she goes to the light switch and turns it off darker. And I'm like, what the shit? So, yeah. <laughs> I actually thought of that when the, the when I watched this to do to the, the, the podcast. I watched it. I'm like, she even turns the light off. Like, what the fuck is she doing? What is this exam? Yes. Uh, and then of course they walk out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And Nicole Kidman just attacks him. You know, like yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Makes no mm-hmm. sense what just happened, but I'm okay with this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that woman has aged like a fine wine. Dude, I love Nicole Kidman. I do too. She has never not had a good look. No, no. I mean, even in um, oh hell, what what just came out with her in it? Oh, fuck, I just watched a movie the other day with her in it. I can't even remember it. Oh, but I don't know. again, she was fine as shit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get the scene where they're kissing in bed, which yeah, is like eerily familiar to Top Gun. Yeah. I mean, but he he wasn't explaining to Kelly McGillis on how to fly a plane in Top Gun. And like he uh, with the sugar packets, you know, but uh, then again, like, why the hell did they have sugar packets in bed? Uh, but you know what I saw when I saw that scene with the sugar packets? I thought of Armageddon when he's got the animal crackers. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, did Armageddon take that from this? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> Yeah. And then Steven Tyler <laughs> wrote a yeah. song for his daughter's love scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, Rowdy has Cole and Claire over to his, wait a second. In Top Gun, when Kelly McGillis wakes up, he's made a little paper airplane with a note inside of it. He did. Yeah. There are some toys involved. There's toys. <laughs> Rowdy has Cole and Claire over to his house to visit, but on a ride on a boat, Rowdy shows signs of head trauma, which has Claire examine him back at his house again. Rowdy fails the exam, and it is clear that there is more to Rowdy's injury. This settles Cole because he know this unsettles Cole because he knows that Rowdy is an example of what could happen to him. And uh, here's the thing: I say that there's two movies being made here. I love both movies. I would have loved to have seen. The first 31 as a whole hour and a half, hour 45 movie. And then the sequel is what I'm seeing now. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like, at the beginning, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't see two movies, but yeah. now like we touched on it before, but yeah, now I, I get it now. Yeah. Like you see him rise up and then the sequel is what happens when something different shows up as an obstacle? How does he yeah. deal with that? And it yeah. kind of reminds me of what they did with the Rocky series where you can only have Rocky beat up the, you know, a, a shadow guy four times in yeah. a row. But it's like, okay, what happens when he starts to lose his touch? Right. You know? Yeah. He's a little yeah, more punch that. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dalen hires hotshot rookie Russ Wheeler 
<laughs> oh, ugh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to fill in Cole's seat until Cole returns and expands his team with Dalen now fielding two teams, the second car driven by Wheeler, of which Harry disapproves. Though Cole shows signs of his old self, he falls into a new rivalry with Russ, leading to an engine failure at Atlanta. Dalen offers no help to Cole or his team as he's defensive of his new driver. Gotta get Maverick back in the seat. Gotta get him back up there. Just stop. It's on. That's what this is. He. Can't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know it. Damn it. <laughs> I was just stop it. You know what? Saquon's not going to play this year. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to text the entire league and say, guys, can I just drop Saquon and pick up one of my other guys that I had? Yeah. Uh, at North Wilkesboro, Russ blocks Cole's path during their pit stop because he's a dick and later forces Cole into the outside wall in the last lap to win the race. Cole retaliates by crashing into Russ's car after the race, leading to a fight between Harry, Dalen, and both of Cole and Russ's pit crews, with Dalen firing. Now let's keep this in mind. He has fired both Cole and Harry in the process. <laughs> Russ Wheeler is a dick. He is an absolute, positive, full-on seven-inch pick. Pink dick. Yes. Yes. Uh, like all, all caps. All yes. caps. There was a better way to handle this, Dalen. Uh, yeah. For a great salesman, you sure didn't sell this very well to Cole Trickle's team. <laughs> no shit. Like, come on, man. It's almost yeah. like if they hadn't noticed, would they have known? <laughs> it's like, you know, it seems like you, you're getting a little big head now over, you know, two race teams there, Dalen. Yeah. You know? Uh, Russ, the Russ, the Russ Wheeler doesn't have a problem with you know no shit Sherlock he doesn't he's no a fucking NASCAR driver he knows he's the new truth yeah he's he's it yeah uh, Cole is never racing again after that little maneuver when he when that race ends and he flies out with his car I'm like he's changed done my tires. yeah he's like changed my tires and I'm like what, what the fuck for change my tires this fucking it's amazing more importantly the pit crew does it. They do. They, yeah, they're like, oh, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> but I'm also thinking to myself, does he get black flagged for that? Right. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Apparently not in this movie because nobody gets black flagged. There too. are no rules in racing. <laughs> but, but karma is a bitch. Just you remember that, Russ Wheeler. Yes. Yeah. You went in his face when he sees Cole coming. What? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Ah! <laughs> Yeah. I do love that. And love uh, we also get Claire. Claire's going to now, you know, give her wisdom, her fortune cookie wisdom. Control mm -hmm. is an illusion. You infantile egomaniac. <laughs> That's right. Put them in place. Put them in their place. You know, and she's clearly yeah. never played sports beyond one injury. No, injury or not. I mean, if someone like right in this scene, like the guy's honking behind him, you know, he's getting a little, like, I would freaking be have that issue. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a little road rage. I mean, who doesn't have a little bit of road rage? Do NASCAR cars have airbags? No. They don't. Okay. No. No, those those steering wheels come off. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they don't. They're, they're in, you know, they're in a little cocoon in there with their seat and everything. But yeah. no, they don't have airbags. Rowdy learns he has to undergo brain surgery to fix a broken blood vessel and asks Cole to drive his car at the Daytona 500 so his sponsor will pay for the year. Cole reluctantly agrees and convinces Harry to return as his crew chief. Um, I'm going to skip down for a second here. I put, Cole shouldn't be allowed to drive after the Russ Wheeler incident. But yeah. also, wouldn't this end up being some kind of fraud? Yeah, like, I, 
I, I was kind of like, I wasn't sure if it was the whole fraud, like it was fraud. I'm like, I didn't know they, I honestly didn't know they got fired. Basically, I did they get really fired? He yells, he goes, you're fired, you're uh, fired. Oh, I didn't hear, I don't remember hearing that. Yeah. But and so like, I was confused. Like, I mean, is it? I just thought they were like, yeah, fuck it. I don't want to drive for you anymore. Well, then I was thinking, are the rules in NASCAR that the car is what gets fired and not the driver? Uh, like, are the cars more like horse racing where it's the horse that wins, the driver's just the driver? Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, the, I mean, the driver obviously wins. Right. But I think the race team owns, they, they've, they've got more ownership on the car, I think. Okay. And so you fire the driver, like another driver comes in and basically just gets in the car and drives. Because here's the thing, if he is now driving Rowdy's car, yeah. then wouldn't he have Rowdy's pit crew? See, right. But he's he's got his whole, like, it's it was it's like a whole, he's got the whole crew. His entourage is back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of confusing to me. Okay, okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one wondering. Uh, but I also put it here, Tom Cruise knows how to go from zero to 60 like nobody else. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, we can go right down there right now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's somebody that if I was ever friends with him, I'd be like, don't piss him off. He, he yeah. goes off weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's that friend. <laughs> um. I put here the conversation between Cole and Harry is great because we finally get the reason why Harry quit NASCAR originally. So yeah, did Harry really get Buddy killed? I think this goes back to the first thing that one of the first things that Harry says to Cole at the beginning when he's confused about what stock means and goes, "There's nothing stock about a stock car," because yeah. Harry knows how to work the loopholes in creating right. the car, and I right. think maybe he pushed the loophole too much. Okay, see, like I, I do re like remember him like Cruz talking about uh, the whole fire, like a thin firewall or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that maybe he in order to um, get the car lighter, he skimped a little bit on that. Skimped a little bit on places, and yeah, okay, so maybe he did. Maybe he was unconscious or something when he hit the wall. I guess. Yeah, I think I said there was a there was something wrong where he was breathing in fumes at that point. Uh, like carbon monoxide or something got him. You right and. Yeah. Uh, but I also go, this this conversation, the conversation that happens on the RV earlier or on, on, on the trailer earlier, these are all things that should have been at the beginning of the movie. Beginning of the movie, To yeah. build the camaraderie amongst everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to believe that this is the first time they're having this conversation. Right, like this late in the racing season. Right, but it's also something where they took the movie to a logical conclusion, and then they started a brand new movie and yeah. this part right here is where the, the trust is rebuilt again. But for Harry and him, the trust was never broken. It was his right. trust with himself and with other people around them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah that's, that's making a little more sense now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hours prior to the race, Harry discovers a metal in the oil pan, a sign of engine failure, and manages to procure a new engine from Dalen the guy who fired them, who still yeah. believes in his former driver's promise. Claire visits with Cole to mend the fences after their dust up. I thought they were fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, like, you, you, I guess you could just give them an engine if you if you want to, I guess. I don't know how that works. This is starting to be one of those movies that I hate that I love. 
Yeah. Because it's so inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. There's no way Claire is emotionally attached to this guy who hasn't shown her anything more than he's a race car driver. What other yeah. qualities does she know about him? I mean, he must have a big stick shift. You know? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> that disco stick of his. I mean, they did get yep. married off of this movie. I, they did. Yeah, yeah they, so. I, they did this movie, they did Far and Away, and then they got married, I think. He liked what she saw. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good-looking man. Yeah. Well. And he's got charm. <laughs> I hope you enjoy Scientology. Uh, yeah, he, he will. <laughs> yeah. uh, Russ Wheeler. Okay, when they do the shot of him looking at looking back with the sunglasses on, I'm like, yeah. you're not even hiding it anymore. No. You're ice man. <laughs> and he's just such a douche canoe. Absolutely. When they do the individual interviews with all the race car drivers, he's the only one who's a dick. <laughs> just a conceited asshole is what he is. Yeah, on, he's, he's won what one race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During the race, Cole's car is spun out by Russ and suffers a malfunctioning transmission, but the combined efforts of Harry's and Dalen's pit crews manage to fix the problem and get Cole back on the lead lap. On the final lap, Russ predicts that Cole will attempt a signature slingshot maneuver from outside, but Cole tricks him with a crossover, Allen Iverson style, overtaking yeah. him from the inside to win his first Daytona 500. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I didn't put it in here, but now as I'm like thinking about it, like you don't do that. No, with you know, a, with a pit cruise. With the yeah, yeah. When but, when the, when the owner runs out there, I'm like, there's no owner in the history of NASCAR that would yeah. push a car on that track. No, like that doesn't happen. Come on, that's my engine. That's the fuck it is. Now that's why my boys are pushing. And yeah. you know what's funny is I really wish that the story at this point would have been that Harry stole the engine. And he stole it, yeah, absolutely. And didn't he say he stole it? Uh, he, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, something to the yeah. effect. But then you find yeah. out no, it was just given to him. And I'm like, yeah. how do you trust an owner like this? Yeah, yeah, that would have been <laughs> that would have been awesome if he actually did steal it. It's like they go they go into the car, like they should pop the hood and you're like, the fuck, where'd my engine go? <laughs> <laughs> this says Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but also, again, they're driving in this race, and I'm thinking to myself, like, when they have their final battle in Top Gun, and Maverick isn't engaging. Oh, he left this wingman. Son of a yeah. bitch. Damn it, Maverick. And, of course, he comes back in and wins the race. <laughs> yeah, he's reengaging. Yes. Yeah. Um. Cole drives into victory lane where he and his pit crew celebrate with Claire. He approaches Harry, sitting alone, without his ice cream, who is impressed by Cole's performance. Cole asks Harry to walk with him, and Harry agrees, challenging him to a foot race to victory lane. And damn, Robert Duvall is bow-legged as fuck. Every time I watch this movie and, it, and the, the scenes here, like, I think that same thing. I'm like, holy <laughs> goddamn, like, dude, what the hell did you do to your legs growing up? Like... Yeah, Fuck, it, you're riding. You're riding a lot of horses. We Holy also, shit. we also, uh, this is the first time I've seen Tom Cruise run where he's not running like Tom Cruise. Yeah, with, he's running with, like the hands out like this, like thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with the arms up and everything. It's like okay. But I love this. That screen freeze at the end. Tom Cruise looks like Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. And I can't fucking unsee that now, Joe. Thanks. <laughs> when he did it, I was like. 
That was what oh. they froze? Really? <laughs> really? Couldn't like one one more frame past that? But what I love, do you remember back in the day when the MTV Movie Awards were actually a good thing to watch? Yeah. And Ben Stiller played Tom Cruise's stunt double? Stunt double, yeah. There's the Tropic Thunder kick. That is. Boom. <laughs> Done. Well, that's all, folks. According to top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a tomato meter reading of 45%, 9 fresh, and 11 rotten. The critics on the average gave this film a 5.2 out of 10. What are your thoughts on that, Troy? 5.2 out of 10 seems a little low. I mean... It, it's quite you low. Know? It's quite low. But it, I also want to bring everybody's attention to this, and that is uh, when they give a grade on here... They're grading it compared to Godfather, compared to, yeah, it's not just a particular genre, it's every movie. Everything, yeah. And in that regard, it is an average movie then. Yeah, I mean, like maybe 6.3 maybe. Yeah, raise it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, 5.2 seems just a little low. Yeah, the critic consensus says, quote, Days of Thunder has Tom Cruise and plenty of flash going for it, but they aren't enough to compensate for the stock plot two-dimensional characters in poorly written dialogue. Now, I'll give them the stock plot part because yeah. there's a lot of things taken. Uh, yeah, two-dimensional characters, there's a couple in here, but I think they're 2D in the first hour. They don't get fleshed out to the second hour. Mm-hmm. And the poorly written dialogue, it's the 90s. Flashy dialogue yeah. is what we want to hear. Right. Yeah. I got you. Uh, okay, here are the here are three people who said shit about this movie. Uh, Janet <laughs> Maslin, the New York Times, we're calling your ass out. You reviewed this in 2003, so you were a few years off. It's yeah. one thing to market a film solely on the strength of its star. It's quite another to go ahead and make the film that way. Well, fuck you, Janet. Yeah, guess what? Cole Trickle's the star of the movie. It's that, yeah. That... <laughs> who, who, who did you want to be the star of the movie? Right. It, fucking Buddy Brotherton. Russ yeah. Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader said, in 1990, the people who brought you Top Gun, Tom Cruise, director Tony Scott, and producer Simpson and Bruckheimer, figured out a way to take more of your money, and it involved stock car racing. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess after watching it, you know. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Still a good movie. <laughs> but okay, what if I said this? In 2001, the people who brought you Star Wars, George Lucas, John Williams, and Fox, figured out a way to take more of your money with The Phantom Menace. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Clayton Dillard of Slant Magazine said, dispensing with all notions that Days of Thunder is a critical work of any sort reveals its hollow and misogynistic underpinnings. Yikes. <laughs> Now, I thought about that. I was like, okay. The only thing I can see being mildly challenged for misogyny is the trailer bit where they get pulled over by the cops. But it's a stripper. She chose her profession. Chose her profession. Come on. Yeah. She was, I'm sure she was amply paid. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I don't see misogyny in this at all. No. If it's just because it's a male-driven sport, that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, back in the '90s, yeah, it was. Yeah, Danica Patrick hadn't made her uh, hadn't made her little debut yet. Yeah, but yeah. did she ever win any NASCAR races? Not to my knowledge, no. I know she finished top three once or twice. So that's yeah, about it. she's finished up there, but I don't think she's actually ever won a NASCAR race. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's probably one of the most famous race car drivers, and it wasn't because of just her being a woman. She was 
actually good at it. Good at it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she was really good at hell, it. Hell, hell yeah, sure. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers threw her away. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. For Shailene Woodley. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, the audience score, which is the average rating of the audience, gave this film as a 3.6 out of 5, with 60% agreeing it's a 3 or higher, which lines up with what you were saying. A little bit higher mm-hmm. up. Were yeah. you entertained watching this this time? Hell yeah, I was entertained. Yeah, most of the time I was I was entertained. I I had I had a lot of nostalgia flowing through my veins on this one. Yeah, no, I was highly entertained. I yeah. Okay, absolutely. well let's figure out if the awards got it right. Okay, at the Academy Awards, it got a nomination. This shit movie got a nomination at the Academy Awards uh, for, yeah. for Best Sound, but it lost to Dances with Wolves? No. D- Days of Thunder should have won this one. Oh, yeah. And what the hell did Days, uh, Dances with Wolves have? Was there a grasshopper in the background we heard? Right. A wolf? <laughs> yeah. Howling? I, I, don't, I don't get it. No, I, I think the way that they balanced out the sound in Days of Thunder, it, it, mean, it reminds me of whenever they have war movies up for these. War movies tend to win because yeah. you gotta line up the sound with the machine guns and all that stuff, but this was ridiculous how good it yeah. was. And, and oh, the engines never drowned out any of the dialogue. No. Um, no, yeah, I thought the sound was awesome. Absolutely. And unfortunately, that was the only award it was nominated for. No Golden <laughs> Globes, no Saturn Awards, no MTV Movie Awards, and the Raspberries didn't want to touch this either. So... In that regard, it kind of fits in the average movie way. It's not awful. It's not winning any awards. Next segment, tell top three, bottom three. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. We'll start with the top three, and I'll go first. My number three, Robert Duvall is a national treasure, plays cranky old man so well. (laughs) Very well. He just, like, I wonder if he's just a truly cranky old man in real life. Like, I, like. I, he just. I hope not. The oldest, but, here's the thing. The last movie I saw him in was The Judge. Yes. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., yeah. And the youngest I've ever seen him play was in The Godfather when he was the lawyer. The lawyer, yeah. Uh, so the guy's had a span of years. And I don't know, is he still alive? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To be, to be honest with you, I don't know. Like, uh, is Robert Duvall still alive? <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. All right, there we go. Born in 1931. Good Lord. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. He's up there. Yeah. Well, that's pre-Nazi. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Okay. I put number two. Normally, I can't stand shaky cam, but in this case, it works because you actually feel like you're in the car on the track. Absolutely. And it reminds me of, did you see First Man about Neil Armstrong? No, I have not. Okay. the There's a shot in there where they show him lifting off, and it's just 20 minutes. It feels like 20 minutes of shaky yep. cam. And you're like, uh, I feel like I'm in the capsule with the guy. Right. <laughs> uh, and my number yeah. one, the pace of the first 30 minutes of this movie is absolutely great. It moves fast. It gets to its point. I think, it's, I think the first 30 minutes is up there with any 30 minutes of any movie to start off. Perfect. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Okay, Troy, your bottom, your, your your top three. Top three. Well, as corny as it is, Do I it. said it before. I, I love the freaking rental car demo derby on the beach. <laughs> so, like, I, did you I just, know, I, did you I, notice I, the cars that were slower on the road? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 
I wasn't paying attention to that. I was watching them freaking just demo freaking what was it a uh, Illumina and something else. I you know it was just fancy that it was <laughs> a couple of Nissans. That, yeah, <laughs> you know it was the same cars that they drive on the track. But uh, no, I just thought it was it was great. I, I love the just driving on the beach and just demo derby style. Hell yeah. <clears throat> um, two, I mean the name Cole Trickle. <laughs> I mean, that is like, how NASCAR is that name? It doesn't get more NASCAR than that. It doesn't get more NASCAR than that. I mean, it's just a fantastic freaking name. I wonder yeah. though, like when the writers are doing this, how many names they came up with before they landed on Cole Trickle. Before they landed on Cole Trickle, yeah. Like, I, I want to see the list of all those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bob Smith. Yeah, that one's not going to work. <laughs> uh, number one, uh, the scene in the beat, kind of like towards the beginning of the movie where Harry is building the car and talking to it. Oh, yeah hairs raise up on arms and back of my neck every time I watch that scene. He's just like, just being one with the car. It's just, I love it. I imagine you feel that way later on when he's doing the walk around the car and the oil. And the, yes, it's a, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just real quick on that, when that oil, I forgot to men- mention it earlier, when that oil's on the, gr- on the ground underneath the car, yeah. does that not look like freaking uh, Terminator? Yes! That's what the, I was the, thinking! The, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like it, it starts to all like cumulate together. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to like just evolve into a freaking dude. You know, like. Oh, there's a crossover event in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The T-1000 yeah. was hiding in a NASCAR garage. <laughs> in a NASCAR, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the bottom three. Time to vent. Uh, my number three. This movie is surpassed by its parody, Talladega Nights. Good nights. <laughs> Bobby. Uh, my number two, Nicole Kidman's acting. I mean, she looks great, but damn, da- yeah. she she does better than this. And get out of the cop hole. <laughs> and my number one, this movie is trying to do too much. You can't make Top Gun again, and you can't try to change a few elements in Top Gun for it to work. Top Gun works because it's Top Gun. This movie tries to be too different and ultimately fails as a whole piece because it's trying to do too much. Too much, yeah. Okay, you're number three. Yeah. Number three that I told you I was going to touch on yep. it. The the rubbing is racing stuff. <laughs> you don't purposely somebody you hit somebody in a NASCAR race. Sorry, <laughs> it's not bumper cars just, out there. Now now they do they do like every so often you'll see like a tire, like an outline of a tire on the side of somebody's car. Okay, that that's just like that's a funny thing to do. Like it, it's like ah here you go fucker. Trade I'm paint. Your, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tag your car just with my tire. Yeah. But it's not like taking the wheel and just ramming into them into a wall. Not not happen. Yeah. Um, two, okay, NASCAR drivers back in the 90s don't get that damn dirty. You mean like filthy? Filthy, like their face. Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know they, they wore full face helmet. Then. Now, the only driver that I do remember not wearing a full face helmet back then was Dale Earnhardt. Oh, well. But he never... He never came out of the, like when he won a race, he never came out into winter circle and had the goggle line. Was that a was just, that a grandfathered rule where like, remember I when, don't know. Remember in hockey when they started mandating that players wear helmets, but the players that were already there didn't have to. Yeah, I don't know if it was just like, if he, he it was a personal choice. Okay, he just didn't like the full face stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's still wearing a helmet, but um, yeah, they just didn't get that. You know, I know it was for the movies and they probably couldn't wear full face helmets, but like Jeff Gordon, uh, 
freaking Rusty Wallace, all those guys back in the nineties. Yeah. They're wearing full face helmets. Okay. And I, I know they couldn't do that for the movies. Yeah. Know, Cause you, you wanted to see their face, but you didn't get that damn dirty. Okay. And number one, number <laughs> one is that freaking Russ Wheeler. That's it. That's all I have to say. Not a fan of Russ. <laughs> Not a fan of Russ Wheeler. Guy's a douche. Okay. Well, Time for the critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A plus is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad it receives F's from all the hosts, it goes to a new category of movie. The movie planet global killer. A category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. Like Solo, a Star Wars story, which has since been pulled out of the global killer thanks to JC's grade. You son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, Troy? In 19, it's the 1990s, Days of Thunder, and the sports movie genre by today's standards. Troy, go for it. Give us your critics' analysis of the movie. Okay, so I absolutely, absolutely love love this movie. Just love it. Every time it's on, I watch it. It's it's one of those movies for me that if I have nothing to watch, it's like, oh, I haven't watched Days of Thunder in a while. It's, it's time to put it on. <laughs> um, I don't care that it has that many comparisons to Top Gun until, well, doing this podcast. I never really thought it. <laughs> thought it about that way um after seeing all the top guns top gun comments in joe's notes um it was like damn it really does have a lot of top gun essence there <laughs> um <laughs> is that gonna stop me from watching it again hell no um i've probably seen this movie over a hundred times and will watch it a hundred times more uh, i love cars watching nascar so when this movie came out it, i was like it was just all in for me uh there were some issues that I did have. Um, not there's like mentioned it in my in my bottom three. Is there's, there's not much contact in NASCAR in a NASCAR race. Are there crashes? Yes. Uh, all of that contact, not really. Uh, one more issue I had was the whole romance thing with with the Doc and Cole. Uh, hence, why both of those three were in my in my bottom three. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, this movie was fantastic. So I will give it. An A minus. An A minus. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, that. Okay. We're, we're, we're there's gonna be a difference of opinion here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, I, I know. I know. But I also want, and I, I say this to everybody that's new on the show. Uh, <laughs> no one's opinion is more right than the other. No yeah. one's is. Even though I've done every fucking show for this podcast. Yeah. You got an equal opinion of mine. You're a casual mover, just like I am. We just see different shit sometimes. <laughs> I got it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to start by saying that I love this movie. I am not a NASCAR fan at all, but for some reason, I love movies that present the things I don't like in a pop culture kind of way. Uh, I'm not a baseball fan either, but for some reason, I love baseball movies. I don't ask questions. I just watch and believe, which is this movie's biggest problem. Because if you start to think about it, you start to see the parallels to Top Gun. And before you know it, you realize you're almost watching a template that got melted in the sun. It's still there, but it's not quite got the same straight edges or flares or beats. Um, Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall. Good luck finding them in a bad movie. They have great chemistry in this movie, and I wish they'd teamed up in another movie along the way because they do a great job of playing mentor and mentee. Now, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, that was unfortunate for both of them. Sure, they met in this movie, and they had a nice little relationship that lasted quite a while by Hollywood standards, but the writing of their character's relationship feels like it was an afterthought. Writers can't just insert shit like this in a movie that starts off feeling completely different. <laughs> 
Which leads me to the tone issues of this movie. This is really the tale of two films. The first 31 minutes of this movie could have been stretched out to make a solid one and a half hour movie. And the next hour and 15 minutes could have been the sequel. But they put it all in one. And in doing so, created a pacing issue. Overall, in the sports pantheon, <clears throat> it's not a failure. And it does some things really, really well, like the action scenes and the relationship between Harry and Cole. However, the fumbling of a plot and a lack of consistency are putting it exactly where I think it belongs in my eyes. If you want to watch an NASCAR movie, watch Talladega Nights. If you want to watch what it was based on, you watch Days of Thunder. For better movies, in my opinion, on racing, I suggest Ford v. Ford v. Ferrari, Rush, and I'll say it, Cars. <laughs> I'm giving this movie a B-. minus. Okay. Above average, and okay. and I'd say it's in my top four racing movies of all time, but I'd put okay. Ford v. Rush and Cars above it. You're putting Cars above this? I think it's a better racing movie. Well, I'm just at a loss for words, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. At some point, we'll have you come on to do Cars, and you can sit there going, Cars is just Days of Thunder, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic, yes. <laughs> so right now, it's going in as a B minus, so it's going to go in the number five spot, pushing Slapshot down to six. Uh, and then, we're obviously, I'm going to keep this on record and all that stuff, and if you do yep. a second and a third movie, then all of a sudden, your grade becomes yeah. canonized. And yeah. it would raise the grade up to a, let's see, a solid 87%. Okay. So... It, 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 the more you do, the more you become. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Critics hats off. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? Love, love, love this movie. Love yep. it. I love this movie. It rubs me nah. in all the right spots, and Rubin is racing. And, and I hate NASCAR. <laughs> and I hate <laughs> Russ Wheeler. <laughs> yes, I hate Russ Wheeler. That is all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next week, we will be watching Teen Titans Go to the Movies for the Animated Pantheon. Oh, there we go. Okay. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, you got kids. They'll love it. Yeah. No, I'll have to put it on. Yeah. Check it out. And I, I'm trying to think. The date that we're doing that, if you can join us on that date, we could call you in and get your thoughts okay. on it. If, if right. you're up for it. Okay. All right. Just no, let me know. No pressure. In fact, Steve was like, oh, you should give me a call. I'm like, you didn't watch the movie. No. <laughs> We're not, we're not calling you. <laughs> but You're on vacation, Steve. <laughs> no podcast during vacation. Yeah, yeah. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Okay, Troy, any last words? Uh, I just, thanks for letting me be a part of the you know Movie Planet podcast world. Uh, it was the first for me being on the podcast. It was freaking definitely awesome. And uh, 
it'll make me watch movies a little different now. Well, you did a fantastic job, and uh, that's all we that's all we got. Happy movie watching, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>